Hi, welcome to wilsonlyling.com. This is my leadership podcast. Our heart is truly to help equip leaders and others across the world. Today, I want to talk about becoming a Christ-centered leader. Now, in Christianity, especially amongst the evangelical circles, it's quite common to speak about being Christ-centered. But there is a danger that it may become an overused term, as if it might protect us from veering off into some doctrinal and and practical problems if we don't have that in our statements. Leaders in particular, we should not adopt a shallow embrace of this concept. Rather, we, we should far more deeply explore and develop deep convictions on the essential essential importance of being Christ-centered in our leadership. For leaders really should shoulder a greater responsibility to represent Christ. As spiritual leaders, we should not only attempt to carry out the mission given to us by Jesus Christ, for sadly, far too many Christian leaders throughout history have attempted to do the work of the kingdom without embodying the heart of Christ. And this has led to great distortions in the Christian mission. Consider this. It is not possible to adequately pursue the mission given to us by Christ Jesus unless we adequately embody Christ in our hearts and in our leadership. For the Christ-given mission is as much about the heart as it is about the task. Without the heart, the mission becomes more of a task and very soon agendas will be added to it, which are foreign to God's heart. If, as leaders, we are to lead in God-honoring ways for God-glorifying outcomes, the more that we leaders must center ourselves in Christ. So, how? How do we become more Christ-centered in our leadership? What are some of the key elements? Well, let me go through some of them. The first key, I believe, is that it means we need to develop Christ consciousness. You see, we cannot truly journey to be Christ-centered unless we start learning to be Christ-conscious. I like the phrase WWJD, what would Jesus do? Because it is an excellent attempt to bring us one step closer to this. And such consciousness will uh, develop the more deeply we develop our own relationship with God. The challenge is to be conscious of God's preferences that will impact upon our attitudes, our decisions, and so forth. And so in all our decisions, we really should be asking, what would Jesus do? The Bible tells us in Colossians chapter 2, verse 6 to 7, So then, just as you have received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live in Him, rooted and built up in Him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness. So, how much are we actually living in Him right now? How much are we dependent upon Him? drawing strength from Him. How connected are we with Him throughout our daily life? 
The more conscious we are to Christ, the more sensitive we become to God's perspective about matters and to be led by His Spirit. So think about this. How prayerful are we each day? How much are we seeking to be in His presence? Are we seeking to be aware of the Spirit's leading? I have discovered from my personal experience that I have to be intentional. Uh, Otherwise, the business, the pressures of life and ministry will just divert my attention away to more pressing matters. The second key is this. It means pursuing Christ's priorities. You see, as we develop our Christ consciousness, we should also develop in our Christ priority. It means we put Christ's priority ahead of our own. Really, it actually means dying to ourselves. In Matthew chapter 16, verse 24, Jesus said to his disciples, If anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Wow. You see, unless we die to ourselves, our priorities will compete with God's. That is not to say that we should not do anything for ourselves. Now, God does want us to take care of earthly matters as well because it is also taking care of God's matters. But make sure it is God's matters. So, it is critical that as leaders, we learn to put God's priority first. Otherwise, we're not truly leading for God. We will actually be leading partly for ourselves and partly for God. And that could end up tainting God's work. We got to be so careful about this thing. So we have to watch our hearts all the time. I have found that my carnal self simply refuses to stay dead for long. It has to be a daily crucifixion. The Bible tells us Romans chapter 14 verse 8. If we live, we live to the Lord. And if we die, we die to the Lord. So whether we live or die, we belong to the Lord. See, that is the sort of challenge, and which is to continually die to ourselves each day. To also be aware when our carnal self has popped up again. So let's choose. Let's decide to lead for God. Let us choose to advance God's priority first. You see, Paul, the apostle, he could declare in Galatians chapter 2, verse 20, I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself up for me. So how do we know that we are having God's or Christ's priority first? Well, firstly, when Christ's agenda is our primary concern over our own. And this really should be evident in the way we make plans, our schedules, our resource allocations, and so forth. Personally, we have done our best to structure our lives in a way so that we may optimize our capacity for the purposes of the kingdom. And so we think through very carefully, whether it be our children's schooling and activities, our financial resources, even our holidays and so forth. For example, I believe it is important to have family time away like holidays. Yet we plan our holidays around the timing 
of the important church activities. And in fact, we tend to take a lot more short breaks so that we are away on weekdays rather than the weekends, for example. Secondly, our heart should be faithful and diligent to be as servants and stewards of whatever responsibilities God has given us. Because we are recognizing that everything that we do, we actually do it unto the Lord. That is about giving priority. Thirdly, we should be steadfast in our determination that our service unto God is not a means, it's not a, a side means even, to accumulate benefits for ourselves. I, I think it's really unfortunate that there seems to be some Christian leaders who build their wealth from their ministry. I, I now, I believe in adequate compensation for ministers as we should take care of them, we should appreciate them adequately, but to build wealth, that is a different matter. Fourthly, you will discover we will not take criticisms and setbacks so personally because we're doing everything for Christ anyway. And so when our minds, our hearts are set upon pleasing Christ, we're really less concerned about even our own reputations. So great leaders are those who have learned how to advance God's priority. Now, no leader is perfect. We will have varying success in putting God's priority first. But if we are to be greatly used of God, we are willing to die to ourselves so that Christ may shine through us, shine through our leadership. Then Jesus truly is Lord in our lives and in our leadership. The third key, it means developing in Christ's likeness. Now, it is extremely difficult to put Christ first and leave His ways to have His priority unless we're actually being transformed inside more and more in Christ's likeness at the same time. The Bible says, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18, And we who with unveiled faces all reflect the Lord's glory are being transformed into His likeness with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. So when what we do comes out of what we are, it is a natural overflow. When our deeds reflect our hearts, it comes from a place of passion and we're being motivated by our values, our belief. But if our deeds do not align with our hearts from who we are, then it often causes stress. It's, and, and that is why it is more challenging to pursue Christ's priorities if we are not also developing in Christ's likeness. The greater the intensity of the Christ's priority, the greater our Christ-likeness development ought to be. Otherwise, the greater the discrepancy, the greater the gap, the greater the stress that it creates. I have known leaders who have responsibilities to lead groups or organizations in ways and directions which do not adequately align with who they are. And the strain it creates can be enormous. That is why, as leaders, we must be willing to submit our hearts unto God each day and now allow Him to transform us inside out. You see, the more we grow in Christ-likeness, the more we can be used 
of God. It is more than just simply dying to ourselves, actually. It is more than just living for God. It's becoming more and more like God. That has to happen in our lives. It has to happen in our values, our perspectives, our attitudes, our convictions, our character. And further think about this. The more that we develop in Christ's likeness, the more our leadership will mature and be much more effective. We will find ourselves to be more gracious, humble, forgiving, godly. We, we will grow in resilience, discipline, wisdom, perseverance, and so forth. And so you will find we will be better able to represent Christ in our leadership. So how do we develop in such Christ-likeness, especially in our leadership? Firstly, there must be that genuine desire to know Him more, to love Him more. Secondly, one has to value the worth in growing in Christ-likeness. We need to perceive that it is a worthwhile, valuable, even essential goal to pursue. Thirdly, we should be intentional to observe and discern God's heart and perspectives as we read, as we study the scriptures. You see, as we ponder about, and also when we ponder about the way God has been dealing with us and with others, we can learn so much about God's ways. Fourthly, we should let those very revelations impact our hearts and begin to transform us. We should allow the grace of God through such revelations to work into our hearts, to affect and impact our convictions, our perspectives. I have found all the above to be essential in helping me on my own personal journey with Christ. Now the fourth thing is that it means leading as Christ would. Since our particular concerns about leadership, we ought to be intentional, intentional to learn to lead as Jesus would. And the key is to discover the principles by which he led, rather than just simply imitating the methods that he used. The key is to put on the leadership filter as we prayerfully study the scriptures to discern his leadership principles. Consider, for example, how Jesus encountered each of the 12 disciples and his interaction with them before he selected them to be his apostles. What can we learn about his team selection principles? Consider when Jesus sent out the 72 disciples to preach the gospel and heal the sick, cast out demons. What can we learn about his equipping principles? Consider when his disciples argued amongst themselves, who is the greatest? What principles can we learn from the conflict resolution approach that Jesus took in addressing it? When Peter had a crisis of confidence after denying Jesus, how did Jesus help Peter through it? Consider also how did Jesus deal with the Pharisees and the other religious leaders? As we think about it, what can we learn about addressing opposition to our mission? What can we learn from an incident when the crowd wanted to make Jesus king? What from there can we learn about dealing with mission diversion or mission creep? Now, while there may be wisdom in leading from our strengths and our personality, yet there's also room to grow into a more Christ-like approach in our leadership, especially in the principles 
that he used. We go on and share about the fifth. It means inspiring and also nurturing Christ-likeness in others. You see, as we become more Christ-centered, it lets us lead others towards a greater Christ-likeness as well. That is, in fact, the essence of Matthew chapter 28. When you look at verse 19 to 20, Jesus said, Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, of the Son, of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. You see, true disciples of Jesus Christ follow Him and grow and are transformed to be more like Him. And so the more we grow, in God, the more we can be an inspiration to others. The more we grow in Christ, the more we can lead others in that way. So what for, for that is why it ought to be a part of our leadership mission, really to help others become disciples of Jesus Christ and to help them become more and more like Christ. So as a leader, my heartbeat is to ensure that others follow and grow in Christ-likeness, and also that they may one day go forth and multiply themselves, that they can go forth and do likewise, because that's the essence of the Great Commission of Jesus Christ. By doing so, we're helping bring it to pass. So let me conclude by saying this. When we have Christ-centered leadership, when we are becoming more Christ-centered, then we will, can help our churches become more Christ-centered. Our members can become more Christ-centered. And you will find that the church will grow more and more in its eagerness to resonate God's heartbeat, to carry out His priorities in this very world. So everything we do as leaders should be for His glory. People will then not only be striving for some personal agendas, but we will begin to flow together to fulfill God's agenda. Christ's agenda, which is why God seeks leaders who are willing to grow, who desire to grow, who are determined to grow more and more to be like Him. And you can be one of them. God bless you. We trust you've been blessed by the Word today. Do visit www.wilsonliling.com for more messages and teachings. For the latest news and updates, follow Facebook and Instagram, wilson.liling.com.